Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Sunday Talk Time on Podcast. It's the Sunday Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on Podcast, the Sutton Podcast in association with Lucky Star Gin. I'm still remembering to say that. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I'm your host, Mike, and with me on our panel today, we've got Ali and Joe. Hello, guys. How are you? Good evening. Very well. Um, so today, we're not going to be doing one of those. Yeah, great for having Thanks for having me on. Oh, we got a little delay there with Joe, but I'll have to remember that. Um, so we're not going to be peeking behind the amber curtain. It's more listening to your next door neighbours uh, talking about you when you accidentally have the house in silence and a glass up against the wall. Um, as always, please uh, give us your engagement, uh, join the discussion, stay connected, uh, give us your thoughts in any of the social medias. You can find me at Sutton Podcast. Um, so we're going to dive in. We're going to just introduce the panel. Um, there may be a slight delay, but um, hello, Joe. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, good to be talking about... Uh... The, the new season and in particular Sutton. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Excellent. So um, I started following you fairly recently when you did a Transfer Targets article. We were just talking about it very, very briefly before we came on. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and make sure you put the plug in how people can find you and start following you. Don't forget the plug. Yeah, well, um, I started the, uh, the site uh, in lockdown um, where many good ideas came from. Um, I support Torquay. Um, someone's got to. 
Um, and uh, yeah, we cover the EFL and uh, and non-league um, off the line blog on Twitter, um, and it should be on the first page now on uh, on Google. Um, so yeah, um, go and check it out. We've uh, just c- cover the lower leagues as best we can. Excellent, lovely, and. Ali, you guys mortified me by uh, sharing one of the podcasts I did, but thankfully it was the one with Claire who was brilliant talking about the Paul Allen project and I didn't actually have to speak much on that one, so that's not bad. Um, but I guess probably a slightly bigger claim to fame will be the guy from the telly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes, not so much anymore. Yeah, I am I am also, uh, like Joe, doing my best, uh, along with uh, a, a friend and colleague called George Ellick, to cover uh, the EFL. I'm in awe of, of what Joe's able to do covering non-league as well. I love non-league football. I'm very interested in it and I try and follow it. Um, but to, to do all of that and also provide insight and depth, I think, is incredible. Uh, three leagues is enough for me. Um, but yes, uh, on the Not The Top 20 podcast, which has been going for over seven years now, um, we do our best to uh, to provide the sort of depth of coverage I think that EFL fans are not treated to to quite the extent as the Premier League fans, shall we say. So that's always been our mission statement from the very start. We don't always succeed, but we, we absolutely try our best. And yes, you're, you're kind to mention a bit of television. Um, it was my dream growing up to talk about football on TV. And I've been very lucky with a lot of opportunities over the last five years, uh, in particular with Sky and, and with Quest when they had the EFL highlights. So uh, not doing quite as much of that right now, but focusing on our own stuff. And that's uh, equally rewarding. Yeah. And Another quick plug for you because I noticed your your Substack thing. There's offers on, so get that in quickly as well. <laughs> yes, well, we thought that you know the the written content was something I grew up wanting to do. I wanted to be a writer before podcasting existed, and then podcasting came along, and I realised that that seemed a bit of me as well. And I think we just felt that um, although there's some incredible written content on various blogs, and certainly loads of great stuff on Twitter at the moment, um, we wanted to to use Substack, which is a new-ish platform, which essentially sends all the content direct to the subscribers' inbox. And and as someone who spends a lot of my time researching the EFL, you know, doing so at the moment means using a lot of different websites to try and find news or opinion or analysis, whatever you're after. So we're going to try our best, and, and we've built a decent little team now to provide minimum three pieces a week covering all of the leagues as, as best we can and just try and give that that breadth of written content delivered directly to um the readers who who, who will want to hopefully you know keep up to date with all things efl excellent okay so today is just a bit of a quick chat just to know kind of how we're perceived from from outsiders in inverted commas um, and it's it's just your opinions. Don't worry, there's no pitchforks. You're, you're miles away from me. I can't I can't get to you. Um, and a very quick apology because once again the sun is setting on SM1, so there is going to be some horrible glare on YouTube from my nicely shaved head. Um, first of all, we'll start with you, Joe, because um, you've got a bit more. I think a bit more um, a, a sort of non-league uh, background as well. Um, so, what was your first knowledge of Sutton United um, and how and, and what opinions did you ever have of us? We did have a quick chat beforehand, so I think I know what some of this will be. But Yeah, well, my, my first sort of real memory uh, of Sutton is um, that, that promotion race uh, when they went toe-to-toe with Torquay and managed to get over the line. 
um, much to my dis, uh, disappointment. But um, yeah, I think that season gave us quite a good window into what Sutton are and what they've continued to be in the EFL. You know, quite well run, um, really good up and coming manager. Um, and, you know, we, we talked before this about perhaps how Sutton are, are fishing in a slightly higher pool than I thought they would be. Um, but they're still a, a club that has to perhaps be a little bit more pragmatic than others uh, in the market. Um, but most of all, I would see Sutton as a, you know, no-nonsense, hard-working side. Um, and I think that comes from Matt Gray himself. So, yeah, um, really good uh, run club. And, and we've seen that in the AFL. Yeah. And Ali, what was your first kind of knowledge of Sutton? Well, I suppose uh, outside of, of FA Cup exploits and outside of, you know, I, I'm actually not a million miles away. So I'm, I'm based in Wandsworth. I, I grew up uh, around this area. So I've never been far away geographically. A lot of my footballing life up to this point has been around, um, you know, Wimbledon, uh, Kingstonian, Chelsea, um, that area. So uh, I suppose uh, I've had some, uh, you know, interesting discussions about Sutton United with my friends who support Kays. Um, and uh, and I suppose in the last few years, Wimbledon as well um, uh, are, I guess, uh, among your sort of local rivals, if you like. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm someone that that likes hearing other people's opinions, but likes also to, to form my own. So I was really excited when Sutton came up, not least because on a, on a footballing level, uh, it sounded incredible, you know, from someone who hadn't followed much of the National League campaign to have had a team promoted that was not fully professional. I, I can't remember the last time that happened, certainly not in my memory covering the league. So clearly just on a sporting level, I was in, intrigued and excited. Uh, I'm someone that's much more interested in kind of footballing achievement rather than, let's say, what's happening with Wrexham and, and that sort of fanfare. So um, I, I came down pretty early on in the first season in League Two. Uh, I think it was a 1-0 win against Hartlepool, uh, which was a great occasion for me to watch the two teams that had come up together. I, I try and see those teams as early as possible to get a look at. Uh, and then last season, I came twice uh, to the Harrogate game, which was a 2-1 win, uh, and to the Grimsby game, which was... Well, grim, really. Um, a defeat in the rain. So I, I think um, I've enjoyed every trip that I've made so far. I've enjoyed covering the team and, and watching the team because I've seen a, a club and a team uh, in a similar image. And I think, you know, from an outsider's perspective, the thing that I like most about Sutton from what I've gathered over the last 24 months or so is it's a club that really knows itself is very comfortable within its own skin it's very very clear from every Sutton fan that you speak to who will talk to you with a lot of passion with a lot of humor some self-deprecation but also a kind of a pride I guess and a, and a completely justified pride at, at how the last few years have looked um, and then I watch the team that plays as much as a football team can play like that in that sort of image, hardworking in the image of, of its manager, Matt Gray. And um, even from a tactics point of view, I've really enjoyed it because I like a variety of, of tactical um, styles in any division. And quite often teams are, are trying to, you know, there's a lot of trends and teams try and do things kind of in a fairly uniform way. But even Sutton's 4-4-2 over the last two years has been, um, you know, so it's sometimes simple in an attacking sense, but always effective and always done very properly and well drilled and, and really good out of possession as well. Make make it really difficult for opposition teams to play at 
Sutton's best, of course, and we won't talk about what happened from mid-March onwards. But uh, that, you know, my, my, I guess to sum up, my my knowledge of Sutton really is fairly um, isolated in the last two years. But uh, and I'm not just saying it because you've invited me on. Uh, it's been a, a fantastic addition to the EFL, and and I guess therefore to my kind of uh, life and work. Yeah, I think you, you, in fairness, you did say something similar-ish when you on Quest, um, and certainly wasn't one of the people bashing Sutton um, for our uh, tactics, inverted commas. What what always made us laugh is everyone said we, uh, we're we just a long ball and that's all we've got. And it's like, okay, well, should be pretty easy to work out then, <laughs> shouldn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, find, I find any discussion like that just uh, sort of hilarious or tedious because I really think it can be a lot of wasted time and energy. I, I truly believe that any football that results in goals being scored is entertaining and good to watch. So, sure, when Sutton are not at their best and they're firing blanks like they did the last few months of last season, no one would say the tactics were particularly exciting, but at their best, they certainly have been. It's the same with a team like Swansea City in the Championship who who make a thousand passes in every match. And when they don't score, that's very boring. And when they do score, it looks great. So uh, those discussions are always uh, quite funny and I try not to get involved too much in that sort of stuff. <laughs> it will go on for years. Um, so, Joe, just... Um, how do you perceive the sort of culture of something nice? I know Ali's touched on it a little bit. Where Sorry, I don't understand. Oh, Google's joining in the conversation now. <laughs> um, so how would you perceive the culture at Sutton United, like the players, manager, coaching board, fans? What, what, what's it seem to you as an outsider? Yeah, well, there's, I think certainly there's a real togetherness, um, a real, you know, hard work, close-knit group. I mean, we saw that last year where, you know, they did have spells of injuries, um, but, you know, they, they're able to sort of solutionise, if you will, by playing players in different positions and, and all given they're all for the, the cause, as you will. Um, I mean, we will probably come on to touch about one of them uh, in Enzio Boldwine uh, leaving. He was a key part of that. Um, and, yeah, I, I would just say they're a, a really hard-working group. Um, and as Ali said, you know, it's reflected in, in Matt Gray. Um, who's taken to uh, to management like a doctor water? He's brilliant. Um, I'm not just saying it because I'm a Sutton fan, but every time I've spoken to him, people are bored of me saying this. But every time I've spoken to him, I kind of come off the call going, "I want to give him 20 minutes or something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to run around." Um, he just he, he just knows what to say. He'd be a good manager in any field, um, not just football. Um, but yeah, he's got everyone hit from the same him sheet. He's bought into the club. He he knows what the club's about. Um, you, you obviously mentioned the fans and everyone being on the same page, but in the same direction. We know we've got no money. We know um, one of our favourite songs is we're going up with a tenner in the bank um, because <laughs> we can't spend our way out of it. Um, I'm slightly different with the whole Wrexham thing. I know there's a lot of media about them, but the money they've got coming in is, is money they've kind of earned through other mediums that we couldn't perhaps tap into. It's not the dream, like, Everyone says, but it, it is there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the season pans out. Um, but Ali, is, 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 does, how does Sutton sort of compare to other clubs that you observe in, in, in that culture? Because um, we see a lot of infighting with some clubs and it kind of throws us a little bit of like, what? what's going on over there? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, that is definitely true. Um, I see a composure throughout the fan base 
the manager, the team. I know less about the ownership of Sutton United than some other clubs. And I see that as a huge positive. The amount that we now know and in most cases dislike about a lot of the people that own and run football clubs in the EFL, in non-league, in the Premier League, it's a horrific part of what is all of our favourite thing in the world, and that's football, right? So the less that you know of or hear of an ownership or a, a, a group that run a football club or an individual, the better, in my opinion. Um, and I think that helps with um, allowing a, a popular manager to set the agenda and to do what he does very well, as, as you've said yourself, is to manage. Um, I, I get the feeling that he's never particularly carried away after a win and I always think he's pretty fair in defeat and he doesn't sugarcoat things and I really think if you can have a manager like that uh, it you know fans are well adult fans are adults they're not kids they're not stupid but the way that your manager represents your club so long as you like them will impact the way that you talk about your team and the way that you handle victory and defeat. And so I definitely agree with you. There is a lot less composure within other clubs, within fan bases and, and, and those that run it. Um, and it's something to be incredibly proud of because, you know, as I say, there's, of course, the, the way that people talk about football is full of passion and that can that can mean, you know, roller coaster emotions and saying things in the heat of the moment. I would never want that to come out of the game. But, I, I, you know, it does make me despair sometimes how furious fans are all of the time about everything that's happening at their club. And, you know, we, 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 we live in a football pyramid where it's pretty meritocratic. If your team is bad, they go down. And if they're good, they go up. And if they're in between, then they stay where they are and you know, I, I just think that we're very lucky to have the pyramid that we do. And quite often being relegated isn't the worst thing in the world. It can just be about finding a level that's better for the club to play at. Um, so, yes, I think that that composure that runs through the club is certainly something that, that really stands out. And, you know, it, it has a big impact on, I think, the performance of the team as well. Um, because even in something like recruitment, you know, you talk about not having uh, much disposable shall we say and yet the recruitment is to my eyes very very targeted and clear-minded um matt gray knows how he wants to play he knows more or less what he wants from each player in each position uh, and i'm sure character and personality play a huge role as well and you can see with the with the signings this summer that they've been made um with with clarity you know targets that that have been able to get done early have been done early they to my eyes all of them fit the system and you nod your head, you think, yeah, Harry Smith makes complete sense playing for Sutton much more than he would playing for, you know, a few other teams in league two. So I think having that continuity and clarity just helps main maintain standards basically and, and reduce wasted money, wasted emotion, wasted energy, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, targets, Joe, I know you did a very detailed article based on what we all knew about Sutton and um we kind of uh or i can't remember who said it but one of the one of the things i said is um yeah i think he thinks we're shopping at way lower level than we, than we really are um so i mean did did that surprise you you mentioned enzio leaving which actually i felt was going to hurt us a bit more than some of the other names that left us um because enzio was just absolutely awesome you can go right left back today right back today left wing right wing i tell you what do a stint up front for us enzio he'd play everywhere um but what, what do you think of the business so far um, for Sutton, Joe? 
Yeah, I, I think the business has been good. Um, I have to admit, it's probably been at a higher level than I was probably expecting. Um, not to say that Matt Gray's not been a very good recruiter at Sutton. Uh, he has been. Um, and, you know, he, he has done that again this summer. But the, the, the quality of the players he's brought in no, no, has got, perhaps got, been better than I would have expected. Um, you talked about Enzo Bolwan leaving there. Um, I think whilst he may not have had the impact uh, on the team as the likes of a Randall or a Bagheel, I think he will be the biggest miss for Sutton, um, given his versatility. Um, but yeah, I think the players that we brought in, um, we've already talked about Harry Smith. He was on my list of targets. Um, the only one that sort of materialised, uh, if you will. Um, but as Ali said, a really good player. Um, spent last. No, no, we got we got we got Steve Arnold. Okay, two. I give myself more credit than than uh, than that one. But um, yeah, um, Harry Smith, um, really good player. Played last season at Barnet, who were at the top of the National League. I would imagine they would have wanted him back, um, and his form for them probably would have interested a number of other teams. So for him to pick Sutton. Um, for, for the summer um, is a big coup for them. Um, you know, they've added some good experience. I mean, Craig Clay just comes off the back of winning League Two uh, with Leighton Orient um, to pick up someone like him in the middle of the park um, is a really, really good signing. And, and I'm sure Ali's a, a big fan of that one as well. To, to be able to land him uh, on a free transfer as well Um represents really good business. Um, I suppose the, the sort of the ones that I have the closest view on are the ones that they've re, uh, recruited from non-league, um, Sir Wimney and, and Ngesem. Um, Sir Wimney is so physical. He's actually really, really good on the ball as well. Um, and uh, he did really good. He was, I would have said, probably the best centre-back in the division in the National League last season. Um, and uh, brilliant for Bromley even though he's so big uh, last season. And then Christian and Gesson, even though um, he perhaps doesn't get the plaudits uh, of the likes of Dominic Polian, um, he was so instrumental to the way Ebsfleet play, uh, sits at the base of midfield, keeps it tidy, keeps it moving. Um, and I think that's a really, really good bit of business for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the business they've done is um, good. As Ali said, it's very targeted. All the targets they want to bring in, um, they've probably got the, the majority of those. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I know there's going to be a bit of business coming in the next sort of seven days or so. So, uh, but, but Ali, um, are, are you looking forward to nice 
friendly, fair-playing um, midfield duo of Clay and Eastmond. I'm sure every referee is delighted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. I mean, my perception, which could be well off, was that Clay has been signed to share the Eastman minutes in the sort of bull winner, leader, anchor role. And that Ngesson, who I know much less about, I'm hoping is a little more mobile, a little more energetic, a little more willing and able to support attacks from deep, to provide a goal threat, ideally uh, from open play like Smith, uh, and essentially... Um, yeah, fill the, the, the very tall void left by Alistair Smith. So that was how I saw it. Eastman clearly is is going to miss games through suspension. And um, as he gets older, albeit he seems to defy uh, age somewhat, I, I, I do, well, I suppose put it this way, if I saw a midfield of Eastman and Clay, I think I would know what I was getting. And that's a lot of leadership and a lot of um, ball winning, etc. But I think I would be a little concerned uh about how that would impact uh, the passing of the team and the you know supporting of attacks because Clay is a tackler. He is not someone that you should expect a huge passing range from or a lot of particularly creative passing. And that's not necessarily a problem because, uh, as we say, I think Gray is very good at, at accentuating the strengths of players and hopefully not exposing their weaknesses too much. So I see it as a good signing, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing and guessing and, and I guess... I am hoping that he will be the the sort of Smith replacement. I'm definitely excited about Josh Coley. Mm. Um, I think that basically dribbling ability and a bit of X factor on the wings is, you know, based on what I've seen in the last two years with Sutton, pretty crucial uh, as the difference between Sutton being a team that's okay going forward, but not amazing and sometimes a bit one dimensional or a bit of a, a threat, right? So Adjaboy being the name that springs to mind from your first season back in the league. Uh, and then potentially at times last season when Neufeld just couldn't get fit. Um, you know, he's that sort of player that I think when you play a fairly rigid 4-4-2 and when your fullbacks in the main don't spend a ton of time bombing on and overlapping and preferring to sit a little deeper, there is a lot of onus on the wide players to to beat a man, basically, to break down opposition defences. And uh, so I, I, I think we need Coley to be that guy and probably one or two others through the door um, would be my sort of strongest take on the squad as it is right now. But, I mean, genuinely, I don't know if you guys have discussed this yet, if you've spoken about Coley, but he played for Harrogate in the game that I came to and he almost scored the best goal of the season. <laughs> and I, I had to check yesterday on, on the YouTube highlights and there it was. He the ball got fizzed into him about thirty yards out. He his first touch was with the his back heel, which flicked it over the defender's head and then he volleyed it first time off the bar. It was always I mean, I couldn't I genuinely couldn't believe what I'd seen at the time. Had to check it back. Um and that was Josh Coley. So based on that alone, I'm saying he's got a bit of X factor. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that was one of the games. I think that's another game that he was at in our title winning season that he ran us ragged as well. And I think that's where he came to uh, Matt's sort of attention and went, right, we're having him. Um, hmm. Yeah, Matt, Matt has surprised us because we did kind of think that Clay coming in was questioning what's happening with Eastie. Um, but I think Matt's actually played them in the friendlies together, um, mm-hmm. which is which is odd. Um, but I'm not going to start questioning him. He can do whatever he likes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know 
you get asked this question a lot. I've seen the, the posts um, and I know the predictions are coming. So I'm quite happy if you swerve it with a kind of an area of the table. Um, but where kind of do you think Sutton will be finishing this season? Yeah, I think higher than last season, but probably not by much or, or sim- similar to last season. I think, and this this can be difficult to explain, particularly before a ball has, has been kicked, but I expect League Two to feel stronger uh, this season, partly because of the perceived strength or predicted strength of the teams coming up in Wrexham and Notts County, uh, and equally some of the teams coming down. Last season, the four teams that came down from League One were horrific. I mean, Wimbledon 21st, Doncaster 18th, Gillingham 17th, um, and Crewe 13th. So four bottom half teams came down from League One. And that that made it really quite a, a weak renewal of the division. So I, I guess I say that to say that even if Sutton maintained their standards broadly from the last two years, I still think it would be a tough ask to, let's say, punch their way into the top seven, which I guess would be the, the sort of dream and, and, and the, the target. Um, but I certainly am. I I would never be worried based on everything I've I've just banged on about about composure and clarity and and understanding yourself. I, I would never be particularly worried about extended runs of poor form, or I would never be worried about a lack of motivation. I would never be worried about this team under Matt Gray looking like a bit of a basket case, which is what the really bad League Two teams generally look like. Mm. So I think probably in that you know ninth to 16th spot which may not seem particularly exciting but hopefully within that there can be a lot of excitement to be had yeah there's more money becoming a tv um joe joe what 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 do you think um again you can go specific or quite a wide wide range because i know you're still doing it as well yeah well i am still penciling uh my ones to 24s together um and i have done a first draft of each of the leagues uh it's funny that ali said 9th to 16th because at the moment um, I don't mind saying at the moment I have got Sutton in 16th. Um, and I don't drop off before struggle. I think it's perhaps the division itself will get stronger. Um, and, you know, teams can teams can improve the way that they play um, and get better just themselves, but actually finish up lower because of the quality of the division. And I think the the interesting thing for me is, and I've had it, you know, I've seen it with my own club, Torquay United. You know, clubs go through cycles. Um, you know, we had sort of one cycle when we nearly got promoted um, in the season when we had the promotion battle with Sutton. Um, and then obviously the season after, um, and we've then gone through a new cycle where we've had to reinvent the team. And I wouldn't say certain of reinventing their team, uh, but given that they've lost a lot of key players this summer, they're perhaps in that new cycle um, going forward. Um, so it perhaps may take a little bit longer for this team to show the best version of itself than you know the one that they've relied on for the last two or three seasons. So. I would say sort of mid-table to, to lower mid-table uh, at the moment. Um, and um, and given the strength of the division on paper, I think that would be a, 
I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'd take that with a little run in the Papa John's as well. I'll take it right now. Um, so next question, I'm going to put it to Ali first because I think he's got a little bit of an advantage where he's been to us a couple of times. Um, but what kind of challenges do you think we face in the next few years? I mean, I don't know, Ali, I hear what you're saying and I can't I explain it myself of why we don't really sit there going, oh God, we might get relegated. There seems to be just a whole thing of, okay, we're going to struggle, but we'll be okay. Um, but what challenges do you see us facing in the next sort of two to five years? Well, the, I guess, natural challenges of being a team that I am guessing slash assuming will, if you remain in League Two, almost always have the lowest or among the lowest budgets in the division. It is incredibly difficult to really, really punch above your weight 100% of the time. And the pyramid is such, as we just mentioned earlier, that if you have a bad season, then you can get relegated and getting relegated can be very difficult to bounce straight back from. So, I, I mean, it's probably not a surprise to hear that the, the most obvious thing that springs to mind would be Matt Gray's departure from Sutton United. You, you always hope that a manager will never leave and someone like Matt Gray, you could certainly never see him being sacked. Um, and it's difficult right now to know what opportunities could arise for him elsewhere and how much interest he would have in them. I, I, you actually will have a much better idea uh, than I do. I rate him incredibly highly, so much so that if I was in charge of a League Two team at the top end of the budget tables and I had a managerial vacancy, I would want to talk to Matt Gray. So that seems like an obvious one. And then, you know, as Joe has, has spoken about uh, a lot on this, um, just, just player turnover. Again, it is impossible for every club to get their transfers right all of the time. Um, and that's what every club is trying to do, but it, it doesn't work out like that. So equally this season, even if the players that signed don't work for whatever reason, it seems unlikely, but if they don't, or if half of them are injured, then of course there's a, there's a, a potential issue there. So um, I, I, I hope that the club's being run sensibly and not overextending itself to the point where there would be concerns uh, you know about how they would operate financially i don't see that that's the case uh, from from the outside so yeah it's just footballing stuff really it's uh it's stuff that every team is that's doing well would be worried about being on the horizon um, yeah on, on that one one of the things i used to always find fascinating growing up where clubs were labeled as run by a bunch of accountants and I'm supporting Sutton, which is run by a bunch of accountants. And I'm like, that's, that's a good thing because <laughs> they're not going to overspend their money. Um, and Matt is a worry. Every time a vacancy comes up, his name's obviously linked. Um, but it's really weird. And this is where we're, we're more non-league than, than football league is we can't believe that Matt is one of the longest serving managers at the club. And we yet still all, including himself, feel that he's at the beginning of the story. Um, rather than part way through, and he's kind of got a clean slate, and he can do whatever he wants. If he says he wants this, they'll do what they can to get it, and he might not get that at other clubs. Um, Joe, what, what do you see as the challenges for Sutton? I, I think we, I spoke to you before, you know, this podcast, and I think one of the the interesting things, perhaps not this season, but going forward into the next couple of years, is when do Sutton decide? We're perfectly comfortable in League Two. When do we now start pushing towards the playoffs? 
And when does uh, you know mid-table or low mid-table finish actually become a poor season for Sutton? Um, I think that's going to be the the key sort of difference, I would say, because you know, you're, you're, as you said, they're really well run. Um, you know, they can sort of meander reasonably and and, and finish mid-table. Um, but how do they then go to that next level? Is it going to re- require a lot of investment? I would imagine a considerable bit of. Um, and I would say that that is sort of their, their biggest challenge. Um, as whilst Matt Gray's in charge and the club continues to be run as it is, I would say that they're a comfortable league against relegation, will cause teams problems and you know, sort of be mid-table. I think the, the biggest challenge is when they then make that next step. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I obviously endorse all that, that Ali said, um, the, the risk that they lose someone like Matt Gray uh, is an apparent one because he is a very, very good manager. Yeah, The promotions um, every five years, so from Ryman League to Conference Nas- South to Conference National, it's every five years, so we've got another three years and, and then, then we'll be pushing for promotion. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a five-year plan, it's just how it happened. Um, right, so... We've spoken quite a bit about Sutton. I'm going to wrap up in a sec, but what, what do you think sort of sets Sutton aside um, from other clubs? Obviously, the, the shirt colours is, is is amazing um, and everyone loves the amber and chocolate. <laughs> um, but what, what do you think sort of sets Sutton aside? Where, Ali, you, you've been to the, to the ground and, and seen the fans and sort of experienced it. Well, I haven't unfortunately completed the 92 so i cannot say for sure that i've seen every single ground in the flesh but i i would certainly say with confidence that in efl terms in league two terms uh, gander green lane absolutely sets Sutton united apart from the moment that you arrive it feels fairly different to the other grounds that you'll go to even at league two level um from the you know percentage of uh, attendees that are standing which is um you know clearly very different to elsewhere um to the community aspect or, or rather just the the sort of laid back community feel that you feel as as you sort of walk around and mill around it 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 really does feel very different to uh, most of the other grounds that I've been to so that's obviously a, a big difference and then I would just say that that recent history that uh, promotion from the national league as as not a fully um professional team you know the the craig dundas you know aspect of the story the 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 many things that have you know rightfully been sources of pride for Sutton united all teams or all, all clubs have unique aspects to them and and i think that's thankfully why we why we're so lucky to have leagues that you know we, we still go all the way down to four tiers professional and and it is still the envy of, of football fans the world over for exactly those reasons well a, a couple of comments on that um one of the other things that happens at Sutton, i don't know if you popped into the bar afterwards is the players tend to come into the bar after games um and when we lost the papa john's final went back to the club and the little intro at the beginning of hey it's the podcast guy is actually is actually dundo um when he saw me he said hey it's the podcast guy and i messaged him the next morning going please, please, please send me that as a voice recording. It's going to annoy so many people. And about half an hour later, here it comes on a voice recording. <laughs> it's like, how many clubs can you do that? They just say, please, it's going to annoy everyone. 
Um, Joe, what, what, do, what do you think uh, sort of sets that on the side? Um, obviously, those extra points that we got over Torquay sets us aside a little bit, but um, what else? It's a, it's a funny one, actually, because the answer I would give is that they are so well run. Um, you know, we've seen, as Ali said, we've seen a lot of teams in League Two who have been a bit of a basket case, um, um, who I still have my concerns over. Um, and such is, you know, the, the high turnover of managers and boardroom changes and, and player changes. The, the one thing I think would actually set certain apart is there is so much continuity. Um, you know, you know what Matt Gray's about. Um, the boardroom level is so secure. Um, the team and the club is run so well. Um, and yeah, I, I think that would set them apart. I, um, I think it's perhaps difficult for the teams that are really at the top of the league to, to have that. But because uh, Sutton do have those non-league groups, um, they do have that community feel uh, about them. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I would say sets them apart. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I did say it would be short and sweet and I'm just dead on time. Um, I appreciate your time and um, I'll make sure I'll quickly plug your content again. It's Joe from the Off The Line blog and Ali Maxwell from the Not The Top 20 podcast. Um, thank Let you me jump in time. quickly if you don't yeah. mind. Firstly, mm-hmm. thank you very much for, for having me on and, and it's been great to be on with you both. I'm planning on coming to the first game of the season against Notts County. Um, and I would it would be great to uh, to see you there and maybe have a pint and uh, I'm 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 at a 50 50 percent success rate with the food at Sutton I had some cheesy chips uh, against Harrogate which I didn't get a great deal from apart from uh, stomach issues and then I had a great cheeseburger the next time I went so I'm sort of you know I think the next time will, will either be the last time I eat at the ground or it could be the start of you know it could just been a one-off and it'll be the start of something brilliant but um yeah I, I'm really looking forward to coming down on opening day and it'd be great if anyone uh listening was there to say hi certainly um you've got no way of knowing this but um, that very subject has been um, discussed at length via WhatsApp, um, various groups, the forum, <laughs> the food, the food, the food has been discussed at length. And I think there's people who are, are very fed up of hearing about it. Um, and I'm sure action will be taken, maybe not in time for uh, the Notts County game. But um, yeah, it, it, it has been discussed <laughs> quite a lot. Um, excellent. So um, thank you guys for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. And I really do appreciate your ear tension. It, is going to work it is funny and you will laugh um don't forget to follow like and share at certain podcasts on social media let us know what you think about it uh, subscribe on all your preferred platforms and leave us a review if you want um until next time thank you very much to our, luck, our sponsors lucky star gin big thank you to today's panel of joe and ali and hope you've enjoyed this episode please take care and we'll see you soon thank you Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.